What's up, bros? I'm Jonathan. Nah, I'm Caleb. We're a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little pious as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. Say this little week on pious. The podcast, <laughs> did I? My bad. I think you said little pious. <laughs> Oops. My English not so good. Um... <laughs> We're just uh, we're just gonna move on from that. Uh, this week on the podcast with 4K Spotlight, we got two titles coming out. Uh, one that I honestly have no plans of picking up. Really, I'm sorry. And uh, yo, what the other? I d- maybe if it goes on sale, <laughs> if the Steelbook goes on sale. But other than that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not spending a lot of money on that movie. Um, but the other one, I already have that steelbook pre-ordered. So, dude, somehow so after- I I feel like I I know what which ones you're talking about, but you like to come at me with like some random freaking things every once in a while. So I, that is true. I so I'm interested to find see out. if this is if you're talking about the movies I'm I think you're talking about. You'll you'll find out in like like less than like two minutes. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, we got two items to talk about with Through the Wall. We got two new trailers that literally both came out the day that we're recording, the 16th, which is freaking hilarious. Yeah, one um, of them came out, like, seriously, like, maybe an hour. It was, like, while we were getting prepped. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Um... And after that, we'll be moving on to our headliner of the evening, uh, which will be our view of Knockout. Knockout. I almost... Wow. Jeez Louise. Dude, you know how many times I've called it that? (laughs) Knockout the cabin. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Our breakdown of Knock at the cabin. So, what do you say we get started? I say, let's do it. Hello, my name is Brecker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of. Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so... I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some Shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please Head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram, at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. Alright, so jumping into 4K Spotlight. Spotlight? Jeez Louise, God. Um, You're, You're having a day. (laughs) <laughs> I I am. I really am. I hope it doesn't get worse. We'll see. Um so we got two titles to talk about. One like I said, I unless it goes on sale, I don't have any plans on uh buying it and the other one I already pre-ordered on Steelbook. Um now 
I was going to have Caleb guess, but you know what? Let's just say it. So, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. The one that, yeah, I'm just going to wait till it goes on sale. Yo, what? <laughs> yep. Dude, I thought you were Oh, the... you thought it was Creed 3? I thought it was Creed 3. I was, I was going to oh, say, dude, I'm like... dude, I loved Creed 3. I yeah, know, that shit's but already like, pre-ordered. At least when it usually comes to, like, superhero movies, that's usually the one that you'll pre-order. Like, even if you don't necessarily care for the movie, like, you'll, you'll, you'll usually pre-order that. And I, I don't even I like the Steelbook that much, so... Yeah, so I, I didn't know realize you liked Creed 3 as much as you did. Oh, yeah, dude. I loved Creed 3. That, oh, I I knew it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought. I'm just like, no, like, like, initially, like, if you would have asked, like, before you started talking like that, I was like, oh, yeah, he pre-ordered Shazam and is letting Creed 3, like, waiting on that. But it was just the way you were talking, like, kind of subverted my expectations, and I was absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah so shazam fury of the guards got guards gods cheese louise oh god i don't know if english really is my uh definitive language anymore i'm just gonna point that out i thought it was but i could be wrong here um so shazam fury of the gods i'm amazed of how many freaking exclusives this movie's getting Considering the fact that it bombed so hard at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're getting just a regular 4K uh, version of it, as well as a regular Blu-ray version. But when it comes to the exclusives, uh, we're getting a Target exclusive that has just a, uh, a shot of Shazam with nothing in the background of him. Which, I mean, it's plain, but it looks cool. So that's just an exclusive slipcover for Target. And then we have a Best Buy exclusive steelbook, which I don't know what it is. I do not like this that much. I don't know if you've seen it, Caleb, but it has the dragon in the background and then Shazam walking away holding the staff. I have not seen that one. Which one's that? Uh. That four? Like, where's it exclusive to? Yeah. Uh, Best Buy. Uh, I mean, it's kind of cool-ish. I don't know what it is. It's not doing it for me. Maybe it's just because the dragon didn't wasn't in the movie as much as it's being portrayed. Yeah, you know, fair enough. Um, dude, the inside freaking sucks ass. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it's literally uh, Helen Mirren and um. Zachary Levi just sitting down at that table in that one scene. Is it Helen Dude. Mirren? Did I say that? Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it was Helen Mirren. Okay. But yeah, dude, I don't. What the hell? Yeah. Like that's first so off, boring. like you're gonna freaking show like the daughters showing the daughters of Atlas in, on the back. Like, okay, like I'll give you that. Shazam on the front, cool. But the dragon on both sides. Yeah, that's. I feel that's a little much. You know what I would have done, like mm. personally, I would have like kind of kept the same background where it looks like that blue shield, or like blue flame, or just like whatever the hell that is. But I would have yeah. put at the top 
like having the um the Shazam family kind of standing above the logo. That would have looked really cool. Yeah, yeah like having uh having Freddy be like the center and then all the other ones off to the side. Yeah, they should have done that. Yeah, that's personally what I would have done because if like I think the back like having the dragon on the back with the daughters of Atlas is pretty dope. But having it on the front doesn't work. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I would have thrown the the Shazam family on front and freaking called it a day. Cuz how many are, so there's there's seven thrones, right? So uh, there's I believe so. So there's uh there's Billy and then five others, right? Yes. Yeah, you could have had the freaking perfect symmetry and everything. Yeah, like, I don't get ugh. why they didn't do that. Dude, I, I could have made a, a much better freaking poster or cover than that. And the inside, I'm trying to think of what I would have done for the inside. I'm thinking I would have either done like the uh, the Hall of Doors. Oh, okay. Or I would have done the... Um, I w- or I would have put the uh, made it look like the letters that Billy sent to the the daughters of Atlas. Yeah, see that. Yeah, that would have been funny. That would have been hella funny. Yeah. Or just had it like a no- the note on one side, and then have it look like the uh, the pen on the other. Yeah, yeah I think that would be cool. Gosh, I should be in charge. I know. How do you, you freaking get into like books. designing that shit? <laughs> um, I wish I knew, man. I wish I knew. I know my 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 Photoshop like abilities are just getting better. <laughs> <laughs> they are. No, they really are. I mean, they were great to begin with, but they've progressively gotten even better. Eh, <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> you need to be nicer to yourself, dude. Some of like. I'll say this, I'm still really proud of the Thor Ragnarok artwork, but there's some on there that were questionable. Damn, bro. I feel like, if you can't look back at your own work and critique yourself, like, I don't think you're being honest with yourself if you're, like, completely unable to have an opinion about your past art. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, like because there there was some that, like, even when I made them, that I wasn't like super sure of. Hmm. Okay. Like, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. Um. Yeah, like the Thor Ragnarok one. Like I said, still super proud of the Justice League one. That well, that was when I was like trying to incorporate our logo in every single one. Gotcha. Instead of like recreating the uh the the logo yeah like when did i stop incorporating the logo because <laughs> that is an excellent question even i can't remember yeah so i think i stopped with nope i did it with how to train your dragon <laughs> so it was captain captain marvel was the first oh nope i still used it uh, gosh, I used that for a really long time. Hmm. Okay, I did it with the good boys. I I kind of used it with uh with it. 
because I did use like our uh the the text. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I used it for Jumanji. I used it for cats. The cat, the cats one is one that like is seared into my brain, being like, oh, that one absolutely sucked. Because <laughs> I, dude, it was such a bad decision. I made it our logo look like it had fur. <laughs> oh man, that was bad. Uh, Onward had our logo on it. Freaking Jexy had our our logo on it. Gosh. I made some bad decisions. <laughs> some of these were were oh, hard though, because like I, I like now, like if you see our logo in any of the artwork now, it's because I had like zero idea what to do. Oh my gosh, the freaking the 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 one that I did for the oath, where it looked like we branded a turkey. That oh that, yeah, that one was. Was bad. <laughs> uh, oh shit! I'm trying to think of when I started becoming like really proud of my my artworks. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? It might have started with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. That one is beautiful. Yeah, because like I wasn't quite there with the Godzilla versus Kong. Wasn't quite there with, uh, which one was this, Freaky? But, yeah, for, with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, that, I freaking dug that one. Crudes I liked. New Mutants I liked. And all the ones after that, like, I, I actually, like, really dug. Yeah, and then, I, like, I think I started getting, like, real crazy with uh, the Matrix ones. <laughs> And then after that, it was just like freaking no holds barred on that. And I was just like, I'm just copying it as close as I can freaking get it. Which I will say this, I freaking got Morbius like on the freaking nose. It's true, you did. Uh, Let's see. Bob's Burger one I did. I freaking nailed. The Thor Love and Thunder one was freaking bitching. Elvis was like a, a bit of a miss for me. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it grew on me, but I, I, I feel like I could do Elvis a little bit better now. And then, like, when I took it to the next level is when with the uh, freaking the Pinocchio remake. Like, I freaking love that, how that one that turned one out. Fantastic. Yeah. So all the the recent ones, like I, I've I've really dug. <laughs> Just going through memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, for those of you that want to see what I'm talking about, you can scroll through our uh, our Facebook where I posted all of our our artworks. They're beautiful, no matter what Caleb says. Rose is just being a freaking suck up, and <laughs> we appreciate him for that. <laughs> uh, you can go. S- Never mind. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> oh, my hell. Oh, that was bad. That was bad. Freaking puns, dude. <laughs> I know. They're, they're the best. Come on. Um. So the final uh, exclusive for Shazam Fury of the Gods is coming to Walmart, and it is the Icon Edition, which 
uh, I guess like it's a, uh, cause I think like, um, I've seen other studios do this with Walmart exclusives where like it has like a paper tab where you can fold it out and it has like this cool like picture display. Um, and it looks like they're doing the same thing with Shazam here. Um, so yeah, when you fold it out, it looks like you get the, the sisters, but it also looks like you also get the family. Um, so you have the sisters to the right and the family to the left. So, I mean, that one's kind of cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, if I do plan on picking this up, which like I said, I don't think I'm going to do it until that steelbook hopefully goes on sale. I will pick up a steelbook because when it comes to superhero movies, I really try to just focus on steelbooks and I have the first movie on steelbook. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's the first, um, new movie coming to 4k this Tuesday. The next one is the one that, like I said, I've already pre-ordered this shit. Um, and that is Creed 3. And so this one is not only getting a regular 4K and Blu-ray release, but is also getting a badass um, 4K steelbook exclusive to Best Buy. And I love what it is. It's like the teaser posters that they had. So it has um, Michael B. Jordan's character on the front and then on the back... It has Jonathan Major's character, and so it's like the black and white posters of both of them just like sitting in the sitting in the ring, um, with their like hands folded in front. Um, looks freaking awesome. I love that they chose this for the steelbook. It's simple, but I freaking love it so much. It was an excellent choice, right? Oh, so good. Um, and then there is one more exclusive which is coming to Walmart. And it's kind of the same thing as, um, not kind of, it is. Um, it's exactly like, uh, like what Shazam Fury of the Gods is doing for their Walmart exclusive, where it is a, are they not even showing the picture on them? Sorry guys, I gotta look this up because they're not showing, um, the certain picture on Blu-ray.com, which is really weird. They usually always do. What the hell? Freaking Blu-ray.com. Usually you guys are really good at this shit. You failed me. You always come through. I can't believe them. I don't know how I feel about this one. Yeah? Not a fan? Not really. What's uh holding you back from it? I think it's like... It's the insides. Which it's not even right. like the inside of like the, the CD case. It's like... Because the the it seems like the whole thing folds like a big old book or has like a cover yeah. that folds out, and so I'm not necessarily a big fan of that. And the cover that they chose, where it's um the like Adonis and his victory pose, like with the white shorts and everything, it's it's odd. That's fair. I mean, I like the regular 4K cover better of Adonis. Uh, that's just me. Um. So yeah, no, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, like, it's cool. Um, but I mean, like, I definitely don't plan on, like, double dipping or anything for this version. You don't plan on it? No, uh-uh. I'm just sticking with the Steelbook. I don't really need to... Just because I definitely agree with you. Um, it's just... Like, if they would have picked a better... Like, I don't mind the inside. I like that. Like, the whole, like, you can't run from your past and, you know, shots from the movie. Like, that's cool. I appreciate that. But just, uh, they should have picked a better cover. Yeah, they definitely should have. 
I would have done the one where uh, it's them facing off. Yeah. Like, I don't get, like, honestly, like I'm like kind of sure. Yeah, where it's like that back shot of Jonathan Majors and then the front shot of uh, Michael B. Yeah. Like, that would have been a really good one. Agreed. Or should I say a creed? <laughs> oh my hell, dude! What I is think it with I you and the, the freaking dad puns today? I, <laughs> I think I used that joke in when we broke down Creed Three. I'm pretty sure. Did you? I think I did, or I used some creed pun. I swear I did. Oh man. Um. But yeah. Um. So those are the exclusives coming for. Shazam, Fury, and the God... Fury... Oh my God. Those are the exclusives coming out for... Damn, how freaking, like, drugged up did this uh, surgeon make me? <laughs> Apparently um, very. Yeah, like, goddamn. Um, yeah, so those are the exclusives coming out for not only Shazam, Fury of the Gods, but also Creed 3. So both of those are coming out uh, tomorrow when this po- when this episode comes out. Um, moving on to Through the Wall this week, we got two new trailers to talk about. Uh, we got our second trailer today, the 16th, for Haunted Mansion, and we also got our first teaser trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. Hell yes. Dude, Haunted Mansion looks so much better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Dude, straight up, like, the first trailer, like, I'm like, okay, you know, this this, this could be interesting. Um, but this second trailer is, like, showing so many nods to the ride. And I've never even been on the freaking ride. Like, but I know, like, certain ghosts that are the most popular when it comes to, like, the Hatbox ghost. The fact that they are freaking having that one in here, like, puts a smile on my face. Dude, so I have been on the Haunted Mansion um, it was the first, so it kind of ruined Disneyland for me. <laughs> oh, shit. That not sucks. really. Not really. Like, I still had an absolute blast of a time, but that was the first ride that, actually, I think that was, like, my first amusement park ride ever. Really? Yeah. So, I didn't care for, um, like, I don't think I'd ever been to Lagoon. Like, the only, like, amusement parks were just, like, little cheap ones where, like, none of the rides went upside down. It was just, like, basic uh, roller coasters or whatever. And so this was the first time that there was a, um, it was, like, a full-on freaking attraction. And so we went during Christmas. So the Haunted Mansion was all pimped out with, uh... The Nightmare Before Christmas decorations. And I remember, like, it was like the one ride that I did not want to go on. (laughs) And everything else made me, like, super afraid to go on any other ride. Oh, shit. So, like, I didn't end up going on Space Mountain. Um, I didn't actually end up going on Space Mountain until I was an adult. Really? I mean, dude, I can't say anything. I literally don't even remember the only time that I went to Disneyland. I only have photo proof, but I don't remember jack shit. <laughs> oh. 
maybe once this podcast takes off, we'll we'll go. <laughs> Dude, I'm so down. <laughs> um. But yeah, like I, I remember, like, dude, it was it's freaking scary. Like they do some sketchy shit. <laughs> like, I want you to imagine from the perspective of a super sheltered. I want to say I was eleven. I'm ten or eleven. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I know I was like in that that ballpark, right? Okay. Never been on. An attraction ride before, like I said, super sheltered. And so the first ride at Disneyland that we go on is the Haunted Mansion. And I was already kind of freaked out. Like, I I had seen Nightmare Before Christmas before, but that mo- the movie, like, kind of freaked me out. So, that being said, we wa- we get into, like, this room... And the rooms, it's like, it acts like, the whole room is like an elevator. So it lowers you down to where, like, you you enter the little carts that they throw you in, right? Okay, yeah. So while you're going down, the whole room goes black. And then it's just this big, shiny, like, it was a, like, it was almost like projected onto the ceiling. It was Jack Skellington's head. Like, talking. And I was like, oh, shit. Because, like, like I said, I was already kind of afraid of Nightmare Before Christmas, but then lightning happens, and I'm still looking up at the freaking Jack Skellington head, and it looked like there was a body hanging from the ceiling. And I, like, flipped out. I was like, oh, no. Like, immediate, like, eyes to the floor. Just like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. <laughs> and then they, like... They guide you into the little carts, and they're not nice about it. They like they put you in the cart, and then the guy who like comes to like click your seatbelt in place does it very suddenly. Dick. And I think I was riding with my grandma, and so he came in like boom, like slapped it down, and I was like ah, <laughs> <laughs> flipped out, and I was just like immediately like right in. Like my grandma's armpit, just like trying to shield oh my myself God. from the freaking trauma that was happening around me. And oh, I went through the ride and I thought, like, okay, like this is like I kind of calmed down a little bit, like, because some of it was like super cheesy, like the animatronics, the projections, the box ghost, or whatever. But they had this super messed up effect where it, like, spins you around so you're looking at this mirror but it projects these ghosts behind you and they're not like cute like oh disney ghosts they're like scary as shit and i like flipped out i was like oh my gosh because <laughs> i like I get like my my freaking stupid baby brain couldn't shut off the fact that like this is fake this is fake this is fake <laughs> And I like I hauled oh, ass out of that freaking ride, dude. Like after it like landed, like the freaking seatbelt came up, I was gone. <laughs> and then they're just like, "Let's go on pirates next." I'm like, "F that!" <laughs> How about no? Yeah. So my parents had to like get me to go on it, and then after that, it was like a pretty 
easy breezy day, but I was like super nervous to get on anything. I mean, for how traumatic that sounds, I don't blame you. <laughs> like Jesus, dude, I'm still like, I I remember we took a bunch of. We went on a bunch of rides that took the pictures. Every single one of them, I look like I'm terrified. And when I went as an adult, I was like, hey, I'm pretty sure I could take a picture and not look scared this go around. Same freaking thing. Every single picture we took, even onto the freaking Cars Land ride. Like, I looked nervous. <laughs> I know. I, 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 think I, I think we've talked about this before. <laughs> My, we like, have, yeah. And I posted those Because I think you were going to... Yep, yeah. Yeah, so if anyone wants to go back and find those pictures, like, it's on our Instagram somewhere. <laughs> I have never once taken a picture that looks like I'm having fun at Disneyland. <laughs> or SeaWorld. Oh, shit. Anyway, Haunted Mansion looks good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, it looks like it's going to be scary. It does. And I'm all for that. Um, I don't know. When was the last time you watched the first, or the, I guess the original? It's been a hot minute, but I don't remember being afraid of anything in that movie. Like, I remember being, like, a little creeped out, but there wasn't anything that, like, scared me. This yeah. looks like there's going to be something that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, It definitely, I don't know, like... I'd be scared to take kids to this. I definitely would. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming this is probably going to be rated P- maybe PG. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I'd still be, if I was a parent, my kids to this. Last thing I need is for them to be petrified <laughs> to go to Disneyland after seeing that movie. Well, actually, that might be a good thing because you'd be saving a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um. So, so you are correct. It is going to be PG-13. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited. Like oh, I I'm I want to see what what Disney pulls off with this. Yeah. It's yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I'm I'm very very intrigued after this second trailer. This one this one really caught my attention. Oh yeah. And the freaking cast in this is just incredible. Yeah, dude, I I will say though I was not expecting to see Owen Wilson playing priest. Yeah, right. Yeah, that 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 definitely caught me off guard. I love it, but that definitely caught me off guard. Um, but I I would honestly say, um, I'm looking forward the most to Jamie Lee Curtis as Madame Leota. Oh, she's gonna be freaking amazing. I can't wait to see her. Um, and especially Danny DeVito. Like I love him in anything. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see what he brings to this. Dude, same. Um, I was just looking at the cast for this. Apparently, Jared Leto is playing the Hatbox Ghost. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, this is gonna have a freaking insane cast. Yeah. I'm freaking. I'm pumped. I'm super I am pumped. I really hope it's. I hope that this. Like I hope that it's not just the freaking trailer that was scary. Like I yeah, want to go dude, in I and so. I want to feel the same horrors I felt walking through <laughs> the the haunted mansion. But I'm an adult now and I'm ready for it. 
Caleb's gonna feel like he's getting Vietnam flashbacks when he goes to see this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, you have no idea. <laughs> oh, like, oh, that man. was that was bad. I think when we went, because uh, I went, like I said, I went once as a kid, and I went as an adult. And when when I went as an adult, I went with Brielle, and she was. <laughs> she asked us like, "Hey, what if we go through the haunted mansion?" And I was like, mm, "What if we don't?" <laughs> yeah. And luckily, she's like, "Oh, come on!" Like we got to the line, and it was like ridiculously long. So I'm like, "Yes, thank you." <laughs> I could just imagine you. You know, she asked that, and you're just like, "Hmm, still want to stay married?" Oh my gosh, dude! Like, yeah. Because uh, didn't you guys go for couldn't... your honeymoon? Yeah. Okay. Kind of. It was like a few months after we got married. But still, um, like, that, that would have been a funny response. Like, mm, you still want to be married? You know, you got two options here. Yeah. So she... Uh, yeah, she wasn't able to talk me into going on Haunted Mansion. But she did talk me into getting on Tower of Terror. Well, which I gotta say was way worse <laughs> than Haunted Mansion. And Mistakes I, were made. Mistakes were made. So, ugh. I don't know how she, how the hell she talks me into that, but she did, so. Alright, if we it, if we ever do go to Disneyland, man, I'm making it my goal to get you on Haunted Mansion. That's my man. goal. <laughs> I'm gonna make it happen. I feel especially if Brielle comes too, and Iris, all three of us can convince you. We can make this happen. We got this. Dude, you think that? Ah, damn, like I've kind of like inducted Iris into like enjoying scary stuff. Ha! See, Iris is definitely coming. Uh, I- Iris is going to be my secret weapon. She's going to be Uncle Rose's secret weapon when it comes to this. I know. I freaking. I. I feel like I screwed up this Halloween. <laughs> yep, you're screwed, man. You're screwed. It's like, oh, look at this. It's scary, but it's silly. <laughs> and so she started laughing at it, and like. Loved it, and so like when things are like scary, but she's like, "Oh, it's so silly." And I'm like, "Shit!" <laughs> Didn't think this one all the way through. No, you did not. It's because I wanted you know her what? to that's like okay. actually enjoy Halloween. No, that that's actually like a really nice sentiment for a dad to have for his daughter. Um, but it still is going to come back to bite you in the ass. It absolutely will. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Haunted Mansion looks great. Can't wait to freaking see that. Same here. Uh, moving on to the second trailer that we got. Uh, got our first teaser trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. Bro. Don't really get the, yeah. So good. I mean, you don't really get like a lot of stuff. It's really just like a bunch of montages of clips. But it's really cool because it like straight up like starts as a training video of being like, hey, you're the brand new security guard, you know, at Freddy Fazbear's. We're so excited to work with you. Um, and it's just freaking just flashes of, you know, like what Josh Hutcherson's character is about to encounter with the animatronics and everything. And oh my God, don't get me started on how amazing these animatronics look. They're literally just ripped right out of the video games. It, mm, it's amazing. And the fact that like the Jim Henson company, um, helped make these that doesn't surprise me oh um, yeah dude like they 
nailed this. Yeah, they look so good. Um, and they move incredibly well too. Yeah, like, like they oh, move in so like excited. at a point where I f- almost thought like, did they go CGI with this? But yeah, no, yeah, I thought the same thing. But no, yeah, no, those are straight up you know animatronic costumes. That is exactly how it should have been. Agreed. Or how it needed to be. Like they freaking killed it with this yeah. trailer. Oh yeah, Blumhouse is killing it so far with this movie. I cannot wait to see Matthew Lillard as, uh, I never remember if it's Mr. Purple or the Man in Purple. Um, I was, I was looking at the comments man. and they're just like, it's oh my gosh, he's the purple, purple guy. <laughs> that's, I think it's the Purple Man. I think that's, I think, um, I've only ever played the first one, um, because it scared the shit out of me, uh, when I was younger. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> hell no, I ain't going back to any of the others. Um, Dude, um, so the, the the maybe's son Sam, yeah, he has the Five Nights at Freddy's in VR, and he tried oh, to get hell me. no, yeah, he tried to get me to play it, and I was just like, mm, nope. It's like, like uh, think uh, again, you buddy. Get punched in the face because I'm gonna let you know right now that there is a chance that might. <laughs> yeah, no joke there, dude. Freaking when I played the first game. And I made a huge mistake of, like, projecting it onto my big TV. Ooh! Yeah, dude, stupidest idea I've ever had. Because literally, I thought I was, like, so safe. I'm like, okay, you know, I got a really good grasp on the video cameras. You know, watching both entrances. I got this. I'm so good. And I got a little too overconfident to all of a sudden, freaking Bonnie just slams my computer down and jumps at me. And, oh, my God, dude, I freaking lost my shit i almost threw my laptop across the freaking room i can imagine yeah so i haven't played five nights at freddy's ever since then but the premise still to me is so interesting it's one of the best premises i feel to ever be put to video games and the lore that keep that has added up over the years is just amazing so i can't wait to see what blumhouse uh does with it dude the I'm looking at like going like frame by frame with some of these. The screen, like they nailed this look. Yeah, it's like the so animatronics. Good. Like they look so freaking good, and the red eyes too. Like, ooh, yeah, terrifying. Like, oh, freaking! I'm so who's. I know that there's like the uh, the lore behind like one of the uh, the animatronics that's not Freddy. Uh, yeah, Springtrap. Springtrap. Is that I? I'm wondering if that's what Josh Hutcherson's or Hutchinson's going to become. I don't think so because the security guard never becomes Springtrap. the The whole uh, idea is that. The man in purple uh, becomes uh, Springtrap um, because I don't know if you've heard like the whole backstory about Springtrap to where like it was like an old it was like a really run down old animatronic that just I don't even think it had a name yet um, that was just um, just sitting around the uh, pizzeria and the man in purple was running away from a ghosts of children that he had killed um with freddy fazbear's 
and he decided to um, hide inside of the suit um, to, um, you know, hopefully that they wouldn't find him. But because of how the mechanisms on a animatronic suit work, um, because he was sweating so much, the um, uh, I guess the uh, the sweat leaked onto the suit on not to the suit onto um, the like um, how do I say like the gears and shit and all that stuff to where the um, suit uh, actually like basically. Um, snapped and ba- basically decapitated this guy. Um, and so, like, uh, all of the mechanisms, like, snapped over his, like, body parts and everything. And so, like, basically his, his, he, he died in the spring trap suit, but his, his soul inhabited it. And so that's how spring trap was born. It's hmm. a really fucked up story. It's a really, <laughs> Jacked up story. <laughs> uh, the reason I asked that is because, um, like, I think you know the scene I'm talking about where he's strapped down to that chair and he has that, that mask that looks like it's coming down on his head. It could be. I mean, if that's like the direction that they're going with for Spring Trap, I would not mind that change. Um, it'd be a very interesting way to do it. Um, also the, I feel really bad for, you know, J- the Josh Hutcherson's character. Cause I can't imagine the pain that he's about to go through. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, I mean, it's hard cause you only see the inside of the, the mask for like a second. Yeah. Like so... a few frames, but you get like a shadow, but it looks like Did... it's more, it looks like it might be more chicky than I was gonna say did like the shadow look like they were like tall ears able to really it's see? like you can't see the top of the head ah, it damn. does it looks like it kind of has like a really long snout okay um it, it's it's just one of that like doesn't quite look like Freddy but it's, it's like a long snout like rounded teeth it looks a little disconnected at the shoulder Oh, so I didn't know this. That makes sense. Springtrap was actually so it was a Bonnie animatronic. A Bonnie? Yeah, that's what Springtrap was. Uh, okay. But like a very decayed, like really effed up uh Bonnie uh suit. Yeah. So the reason I'm bet- betting that Josh Hutcherson gets like caught in is I think he becomes Springtrap or I mean, it it very well might be freaking Matthew Lillard, but there's a scene where a quick little part where Josh Hutcherson's turning around and looking at these children and they all look like they're like ready for a party. Like they have kind of like a party hat on and then they turn around and scatter. Ah, okay. I'm not remembering that. And then did you, did you see the foot? Yes, I did. Do you know whose foot that would be? I don't. I'm really going to have to watch this trailer like frame by frame after this. I know, dude. That's what I'm doing. I'm seriously sitting on Twitter, like side scrolling, like back and forth (laughs) at these these clips. 
And then you see like the kid who like dives into the ball pit, and then you see Freddy and the. It looks like a bunny. I can't see what color it is though. It's like purple. But I mean, dude, they freaking nailed this look. They, yeah, they really did. Like I, I am beyond impressed. Same here. So, where are you sitting? I'm, uh, excitement level for this? I'm, I'm honestly already at a ten. Dude, me too. I, I know Hell I'm yeah. gonna be. I'm, I, I know I'm gonna be a freaking bitch when the movie comes out and like curled up in the corner, just like covering my ears, like barely wanting to look. But <laughs> I am, I am crazy pumped for that movie. Oh, uh, looks like it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. <laughs> um, all right, what about uh, Haunted Mansion? I'd say I'm at an 8 for that. An 8? I might be at a 7 for that. I might need a little bit more to go off of, but Fair I'm, enough. I'm still fairly excited for it. Like, I'm really close to being at an 8. All right. Hell yeah. All right, well, um, unless you got anything else you want to say about these trailers. Uh, that I do not. Okay, so... Say let's do it. All right, so... For this week's headliner, uh, we'll be breaking down the M. Night Shyamalan film Knock at the Cabin. Uh, Caleb, do you want to let everyone know how we break down movies on this podcast? I would love to, um, but first, we did get some replies to our question of the week. Um, that I'll go through real quick. Uh, so, for those of you that don't know, we posted a question of the week on our social media. We post it on uh, TikTok, we posted it on Instagram, and we also did posted it on YouTube as well. Um, so, the question that we asked was, the apocalypse is coming, and to save the world, you have to delete the save of the game that you've put the most hours into. Um, and then I asked how long until you do it. <laughs> um, so we did get a few responses that we'll go through. Um, and then we'll talk about how we're going to handle the question of the weeks for from now on. Uh, but first, over on YouTube, we did we got a response from a Cody Bennett who said GTA 5. Uh, he did not say whether or not he would delete his save but I'm assuming that's the game that he would choose <laughs> or that he's put the most hours into. Yeah. Um, and then going over to, going over to uh, TikTok. We didn't get any on Instagram, but going over to TikTok, we got a response from that dude at GigaGod577 who says, Call of Duty, any of them. Um. Let's see, we have Kirby with a gun at Autism293, uh, who says, when I want to start over, I already have everything. Okay. 
Yeah. So he says he's he's he would just back up the the save, which I feel oh. is cheating. Yeah. Like in a, an alternate one. Um. Let's see. We got a response from Big Brad at Big Brad six eight two, who said Red Dead Redemption two, and I would delete it in a second. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm like you're a better Damn. person than us. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, dude, I would, dude. If someone gave me the ultimatum of having Red Dead Two, I, I don't know if I don't. I love those games too much. Yeah, it's so hard. Uh, let's see. We got a response from Judge at Real D Hop, who says the Elder Scrolls Online. I've played nearly every day since 2017. I'll probably just let humanity burn. <laughs> damn bro dude if you i love the elder scrolls i have ne- i so i haven't played online yet but i have played elder scrolls 5 before that it's like it's my favorite game it is okay. like my all-time favorite game and i 100% understand where he's coming from all right, our next response comes from Jose G. Delgado Jr., uh, who said Borderlands 2 and Spider-Man PS4. Didn't say whether he'd save the world with that, but I'm going to assume that he would. All right. Spider-Man PS4 was, an, I think, between like out of all the games that I've played, it was probably one of the easier to 100%. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got Chair Legs from Limit E623, who said probably GTA. Yes. Excellent answer. Uh, let's see. Next one we got is from <clears throat> Brantley who, at Godzilla B10, who said my OG Resident Evil 4. Nah, we gone. <laughs> got hand oh cannon on there. Good lord. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we got one from Lilac at Lilac14798, who says, Y'all dead. I'm never deleting my royal high items. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I freaking love the people that, like, just unashamed, like, own up to. <laughs> Being yeah, like, yeah like, like, I'm letting the screw world Screw humanity, yeah. Uh, let's see, we, next we got Mo at Mo underscore board, who says, sorry, but my Fortnite skins be worth way more than anyone I've ever known. Oh, no, not <laughs> Fortnite. Come on, man. Dude, you can drop some major cash on that movie, or that game. Yeah, don't remind me. Uh, all right. Let's see. Next, we got Matt Mecklem at Killer Clown One One Two, who said, "Uh, it would take him ten seconds because it's Ark, and who cares anymore?" <laughs> uh, do you know what Ark is? I I don't actually. So it's like a dinosaur game. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's like a survival style game and you can like pimp out your dinosaurs with a bunch of like futuristic weapons and whatnot but it's 
it's it, apparently it's gotten to a point where it's just endless and kind of got to a point of being pointless. Mm, gotcha. Um, and then next was Darth Hootie at Hootie was taken, uh, who said Lego Star Wars the Skywalker Saga, uh, and he says oh. he are. Or they said, I guess I'd delete it if it's to save humanity. <laughs> and you know what? Fair. Yeah. Lego games are fun 100% though. This is true. Like, I mean, I've even done that a couple times with like Lego Marvel where I've like deleted my save just to start over from square one. Um, Yeah. And that's it. That is all of our responses. Um... Moving forward, what we have kind of discussed, because we have been getting, like, a lot of responses um, from TikTok especially, but we've gotten some from Instagram, we've gotten some from YouTube, Um, so what we're going to start doing is kind of having, like, a top five uh, responses, so... I'll pick five. Rose will pick five, and we'll read read those uh, those ten comments off, and those will be like our favorite. And obviously, like if there's less than ten comments, like everyone gets read. But uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of how we'll handle it from now on. Uh, just because mm-hmm. last week we had a, a redonkulous amount of people uh, <laughs> answer our question <laughs> of the week, so. Nothing against you guys. It just takes up, you know, a good chunk of time, and we want to make sure that there's enough time for the breakdown. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, with that, thank you to everyone that answered our question of the week. We really appreciate hearing from you guys, and yeah, like I said, really, we really, really appreciate it. We really do. like your your answers make our day. All those Grand Theft Auto ones especially. <laughs> they made my day. <laughs> um, but yeah. So with that, now we'll get into our uh, our breakdown. So if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and spit through our algorithm that gives us a letter grade to compare this movie to others of a similar grade. Um, As well as a percentage that doesn't really matter, depending on who you ask. Um... (laughs) (laughs) But it is fun to see where it ranks within yes. our uh, our system. But like I said, the most important thing is hearing the grade itself. Um, so with that, if you have not seen Knock at the Cabin, it is available to stream on Peacock today. Um, so definitely go give it a a watch. And if you decide to listen beyond this point, pe- or be prepared for uh, spoilers. 
Yes. Uh, so without further ado, um, it is everyone's favorite segment, Reading with Rose. All right. So seven-year-old Wen is vacationing with her fathers, Eric and Andrew, at a remote cabin in rural Pennsylvania. While catching grasshoppers, Wen is approached by a stranger named Leonard. Initially friendly, he explains that he needs Wen and her parents' help to save the world. However, Wen becomes suspicious, and when three other people appear with makeshift weapons, Wen flees to warn Eric and Andrew, but the visitors break into the cabin and tie them up, with Eric sustaining a concussion attempting to fight them. Leonard and his companions, Sabrina, Adrian, and Redmond, claim that they have never met each that they have never met before this day and have no intention of harming the family. However, in the past week, they have been driven by visions and, unknown, and an unknown force to find the family. The group foresees an impending apocalypse in which Leonard claims oceans will rise, a pandemic will spread, the sky will fall, and darkness will envelop the earth. The only way to prevent this for prevent this is for the family to sacrifice one of their own. They are warned that, although they will survive the apocalypse, if they do not make a choice, they will be the last people alive. Eric and Andrew suspect that the intruders are lying, and that the attack is motivated by hatred and delusion. When the family refuses to make a choice, the intruders sacrifice Redmond by covering his head with a cloth and fatally striking him with their weapons. A concussed Eric sees a figure of light as Redmond dies. On television, media reports show devastating mega-tsunamis, which Leonard declares is the beginning of the apocalypse. Andrew believes he recognizes Redmond as Rory O'Bannon, a man who had been arrested after assaulting Andrew in a bar years prior. Andrew thanks Rory. Andrew thinks Rory tracked him down for revenge and manipulated the others to go along with his ruse. Leonard, Sabrina, and Adrian question Andrew's assumption and grapple with their guilt, but still hold on to their visions. They reveal that Redmond's death has unleashed the first judgment of humanity. The next day, the visitors sacrifice Adrian as the family remains indecisive. The disasters continue as a deadly variation of the flu virus, to which children are particularly vulnerable, spreads across the world. Andrew insists the disasters are coincidental and that the intruders were anticipating a pre-scheduled news broadcast. Andrew escapes, retrieves his gun from his car, and shoots at Sabrina until she flees. He finds Redmond's wallet and proves to Leonard that he was that he was Rory. With their tires slashed, Andrew believes the intruders came in a truck nearby and suggests that they use it to escape. As Leonard is being held at gunpoint, Sabrina breaks into the house and is fatally shot by Andrew. Leonard decapitates Sabrina before overpowering Andrew and taking his gun. The broadcast shows spontaneous plane crashes occurring, occurring around the world. Realizing their time is nearly over, Leonard leads the family to the back deck as the sky darkens. Leonard informs them that after his death, they will only have a few minutes to make a decision before slitting his throat. Upon his death, lightning causes fires and more planes to crash. Eric now believes the events are real and that the intruders represent the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Not wanting Wen to grow up in a destroyed world, Eric offers himself as a sacrifice. He reveals that during Redmond's sacrifice, he saw a vision of an older Andrew and an adult Wen thriving in the future that prevented the apocalypse. Eric feels that their family was chosen to make the sacrifice because their love was so pure. Reluctantly, Andrew shoots and kills Eric before lightning strikes, setting the cabin on fire. 
Andrew and one find the visitor's truck with belongings that corroborate their stories. They drive to a crowded diner nearby where they watch news reports confirming that the disasters have subsided. Returning to the truck, the radio turns on and plays Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Band, coincidentally the song that Eric had played for them on their drive to the cabin. They drive off, returning into the world. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dude, this was... This was a solid freaking movie. Yeah, this is... Honestly, I think this has become my... This is definitely up there for me, too. Um... I I will say, I do feel like maybe he's losing his touch a bit. <laughs> really, at least in ter- at least in terms of like plot twists, because I don't know about you, but I I one hundred percent believe the the freaking apocalypse shit. <laughs> oh yeah, same here. Like from fr- like from the get go, like I was just like, yeah, like this is a hundred percent real, dude. <laughs> yeah. And it's not because we read the book. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> wait, this is based off a book. Yep. Yeah, it is. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't until I read the Wikipedia page. It is based. What's the book called? Uh, the book is called "The Cabin at the End of the World." Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I. Like I said, this like it ended up like. I think that like the whole twist was that it was this twist was supposed to be like oh this is real. I was like yeah, <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> yeah, I didn't believe for I didn't believe the family for a second. Like oh yeah, they they showed up because of hatred. Like they just want to kill our family because we're we're two dads raising an adopted daughter. Yeah, no, I I didn't believe that. I think. It was, I think what, what threw me is I kind of believe that maybe this, like some sketchy shit was going on at first, but it wasn't until like, or not, it wasn't until it was immediately after they had just like introduced themselves, like kind of discussed who they were to, um, to, uh, Andrew and Eric that I was like, uh, <laughs> like they're sharing some real personal shit. <laughs> True. Like, that's like borderline. Like I don't know if they could have made this up. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't seem made up. It seems like very real and genuine. And I mean, from both perspectives, you kind of understand, like the the craziness of this situation. Because you, like, and, dude, like, this is kind of, like, jumping ahead, but Dave Batista, like, with his character of Leonard, did such a good job at, like, explaining the importance of the situation and what had, had happened and everything. And, like, how much he understands what's about to happen. And then you also, from the alternative perspective, you understand where Andrew and Eric are coming from, where they're like, you guys are freaking nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So like it, Oh, that it was, it was tough, but 
I think it was like a really well done story. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, was it ever explained though why they had to put the white uh, mask over them before they killed them? No. Okay. That that was just very interesting. Yeah, but, kind of a weird little a weird thing ritual. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, dude, like, the opening of, like, when Dave Batista's Leonard first comes and talks to Wen, um, that scene was so intense, but the way that Dave Batista, like, honestly, I swear, I'll get to this with acting, but, like, he seriously, I think, is my favorite wrestler-turned-actor after this movie, because he is so freaking good in this movie, and especially with this scene, um... The, um, and especially like with the camera work of how like it's a close up and it just keeps going back and forth with that, it just works so well and it looks so good. And like, you're, you're like with when, like, you really, you're like starting to trust this guy, and then of course it shit hits the fan. Um, but like this, this scene just like set the whole tone for me for the whole movie. Um, and we hooked in less than five minutes of freaking. Dude, he <clears throat> very much so. Like, out of all of the other actors, like actor to wrestlers out there, like, oh, I, I can't wait to talk about him. I'm, I'm gonna hold off though. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but getting into the like this, this story, like it's like I said, it was so well crafted. Like you understand both perspectives like really well. Absolutely. They, how they explain that this isn't something that they want to do. They, how, like, um, like, I think it was just, like, the way that they shared their understanding of the decision that Andrew and Eric had to make that made it, like, really powerful. Yes. And, dude, like, each kill like i i actually would have really liked to see um sabrina's uh she was the the nurse i'd have liked to see her death kind of drawn out a little bit more than it was like it's it and felt Sarah very immediate getting... oh yeah i'm saying she just got shot and then you know leonard just decapitated yeah but i think they um they did a really good job at showing what um or not not showing like not this is a weird thing to to explain i think they did a good job at not showing what they were doing for like during like the sacrificial process they did but like they still made it brutal especially for how much they put an emphasis on the sound oh yeah and like do like it was it was tough to watch it was like it, it was rough, not like, seeing anything i know that that was what got me i'm just like there's nothing to see here but i i can't i don't want to watch yeah <laughs> and oh man like i said i think the only downfall of this is it didn't have the typical m night twist but i think it it worked. It did. 
Yeah, like it, it, it ended up working like really, really well. And like the flow was really good. Like very, very few um, slow parts for me. I think maybe the slowest was the transition to the new day. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, other than that moment, it was like, like I said, the flow was, was great. So where are you sitting at with the uh, story? I don't know, for like how much I really enjoyed it, I I think I'm at like an 85. Honestly, I might be right there with you. Like it, it was really well done, so no complaints there. Uh, what about the writing? Writing, I felt, was strong too. A scene that like really stuck out to me for how well it was written is... um. You know, throughout the the movie, uh, these people are explaining. You know, uh, this is my life. I have these certain people in my lives. You know, if you guys don't make this decision, this is who I'm going to lose. And un- unfortunately, ulti- ultimately, you know, they are killed. They are sacrificed. And at the end, when we see what's his name, Adrian, or Andrew, I'm sorry, I think it's Andrew. Make sure. Yeah, Andrew. Uh, when him and Wen get to the truck and he's like looking through thing and he sees all of this stuff that um relates to these people like he sees the uh like i think it was like a um like a YMC uh no not a YMCA but like a rec center award to Leonard um for like his dedication to like um children when when it com- when it comes to that kind of stuff he actually saw the picture of um I'm sorry, I'm forgetting. Uh, Adrian's. Adrian. He saw uh, the picture of her and her son, even though he was like, yeah, no bullshit. There's no way that she has a son when she's telling him the story. Like, oh, I could easily see through her within five seconds that she didn't have a son. But lo and behold, there is physical evidence that she did. Um, You know, you saw um, Sabrina's badge. Of her actually being a nurse, you saw Redmond's idea again. Um, just all of these little things showcasing that they weren't lying about who they were, that they really were these. They weren't horrible people. They 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 were there for a reason. Um, they didn't want to do what they had to do, but if the world needed to be saved, this is the direction that they were sent in. Um, so I feel that with the with that little um, that little scene at the ending with Andrew going through the truck and seeing all those mementos really added um, to uh, the four those uh, I'm I'm going to say the four, those four horsemen. Yeah, dude, you're absolutely on the money there. Um, gosh, I mean, they every did so well with what they were given there mm-hmm. and there like each speech was so powerful like it freaking redmond's speech how it, like it didn't seem like he was like fully on board but it's like he was at the same time like that was played yeah, off really well was. adrian's was just absolutely heartbreaking and dude i like I was totally with Andrew, and I'm like, dude, you don't know this bitch could be lying. Yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah, like 
as like an onlooker, I I like totally bought into what she was saying. Just like, no, she has a kid. <laughs> but you understand, like, like no, you freaking crazy assholes. Like it's gonna come down to like all of you before you even think about taking out my <laughs> my significant other. Yeah. So I mean that that was nuts. Really well written. Um, how'd you feel about the uh, like the flashback scenes? I thought those were really good. Um, freaking screw Eric's parents. Um, freaking drove seven hours and stayed for thirty minutes just because of that they fed their son's gay. Go kiss my ass. I um, I, I think that was Andrew's parents. Because he oh, was, was like super, I think it was. I thought it was Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. If you go, if you go down the the list, that's uh, it's Andrew's mom and dad. Oh my bad. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I I thought it was Eric's for a minute too, but yeah, I just happened the, to have the cast list up. <laughs> no, thank you. It still stands though that they're freaking horrible people and screw them for not supporting their son. Um. But no, I thought the flashbacks were great. They really added um, to uh, not only the relationship that Eric and Andrew had, but especially the love that was between these two. The The love was so genuine between them. It was absolutely incredible. And the what they showed the day that they got to pick out when, or not pick out, I'm sorry, they got to adopt when was... Like, honestly, I almost started crying because it was such a powerful scene. Um, and the fact that they uh, they had to lie and say, oh, my wife's in the car. This is my brother um, helping me to pick up our, our daughter. That's just really sad. Like, it really sucks that we, we live in that kind of that kind of world. Um, no, but that's just kind of one of those things you have to deal with when you're going adopting from a different country like that yeah that's true um but just yeah like the the, all the flashbacks that we got that really helped build uh the the relationship between andrew and eric and even when um because you really got to see how much that she loved her dad's uh was so so good um i absolutely love the flashback yeah they were pretty good there was a couple I think I don't think I necessarily needed like the the whole situation with Andrew's parents. That's fair. Uh, I mean, honestly, like nowadays, I guess like in movies, it kind of just makes sense that when it comes to you know like a same sex couple, when they're writing the characters, there's always going to be one family that's like super supportive, even though we don't we never see Eric's side of the family, and then there's going to the other partner's family that's just like oh we are totally against this you know you're gonna go to hell you know all that shit yeah i think i think what we needed from that scene was maybe a little bit more conflict and not just like an awkward dinner that's fair yeah i can definitely agree with you like i think we we needed to see their reason for leaving instead of just them bouncing yeah like it just need it just needed a little bit more of a of an emotional kick. I feel. I can agree with that. Um, I mean, other than that, like, I 
I really dug the the dialogue. I think it got a little uh maybe lazily written when it came to like Sabrina hunting down Andrew. That is fair. Or yeah, like following like him out to the the car. I was like you you could be trying harder. <laughs> yeah. Like I get it you don't you're you're your um your human instincts are taking over cuz you know you don't want to hurt someone but at the same time you kind of got a job to do lady like you that's sounding like horrible you yeah no it's you, it's true though it's just yeah. like you've come this far for yeah <laughs> go for it you yeah you know the mission of this so come on don't hold any punches back yeah uh I don't know about you. I think the for me, the writing is just like slightly below the the story here. Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah, I think I'm around maybe an eighty-two. I think I liked it just a little more. So I'm doing. All right, getting into acting, we have Ben Aldridge who plays Andrew, uh, Jonathan Groff who plays Eric. Dave Batista, who plays Leonard, Nikki Amuka Bird, who plays Sabrina, Abby Quinn, who plays Adrian, Rupert Grint, who plays Redmond, and Kristen Coy, who plays Huen. If ever I was going to have a hard time picking a top three, man. Yeah, seriously though, man. Like get some they, really heavy hitters on this cast. I know. Like if, damn. Like I, I think I know who my number one is. Same here. I have like three number twos, <laughs> <laughs> and I have like another three number threes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so it's like narrowing that down is going to be ridiculously difficult. So, what are you thinking for your top three? Uh, Number three, uh, I think, I think number three I'm going to give to Abby Quinn, who played Adrian. Um, Loved her performance, um, even though I didn't exactly believe her when she was, you know, talking about her her son and everything. You know, when you find out that really freaking... You didn't believe her? A little bit, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Dude, um, I totally freaking bought it. I, I would have been yeah. horrible in this situation, because I feel like I'm so empathetic towards people. I'm like, yeah, like, she's not lying to me. Even, like, she easily could have been. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, her performance was absolutely amazing. Um, number two... I would give to Ben Aldridge, who played Andrew. Um, literally all of his outbursts and everything were completely justified. Because, um, you know, I get it if you're in that situation. Um, and, you know, four strangers saying, hey, you know, uh, it's up to you three to save humanity. But you got to sacrifice one of you. I'd be like, the fuck? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a little pissed off. Yeah. He was definitely the the voice of reason throughout this whole thing. A- absolutely. Um, and great, great performance by Ben Aldridge. Um, 
Dude, Which he's I think a it's a powerhouse of an actor. He is. Like, I was like, I swear I freaking recognize him. And yeah, when I looked up the cast after watched the movie, it was freaking in spoiler alert. He was at, uh, opposite uh, Jim Parsons. So no wonder I loved him so much in this movie because he's a great actor. He's an amazing actor. I'm surprised he hasn't been in more stuff. Yeah, right? Seriously. Um, But number one, I got to give to Rupert Grint. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, I... <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, um... no. Like, it, it, he's an honorable mention for me, for sure. Same. I wish he had more to do because it was awesome too. seeing him back, and I he know, was great. It what felt they had that everyone else got a weapon, but he didn't get to use his. <laughs> yeah. Like, when he was revealed to be the first to die, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, come on. You're going to kill Ron Weasley first? This is some bullshit. Yeah. Um, I do got to say, though, his American accent kind of sucks. I didn't mind it, um, but it's not great. Dude, it was it was that. sneaking in. His, his really... regular accent was yeah. sneaking in, like, something uh, awful. <laughs> Which, but, I mean, like I said, he's an honorable mention for a reason. He did a fantastic job. Like, his yeah. performance was just rough to watch in yeah. the best way. Yes. Just because you could feel, like, the, the hesitation and just the, like, I need, like, it has to happen in his, like, his whole performance. Like, if he doesn't get more work out of this, like, I'm going to be pissed. Same here. Like, I'm um, trying, like, let's see what else he's been in. Yeah, he's only done like some shows here and there. That sucks. Yeah, his damn like he was in this uh, like 2015 was the last time that he did like a movie. Damn! What the wow? Yeah, that's freaking bullshit. Like it so two two thousand fifteen he was in a movie called Moonwalkers and he was like hmm. Okay, he was like one of the leads in that. Okay. Well, I guess at least there's that. Yeah, but again, that was back in two thousand fifteen. And then like the the last year he was in like a couple Hogwarts mo videos, which I'm assuming okay. are for like Universal Studios. Yeah. And then it's like TV hmm. movies. He did a voice. Did a voice. And then it was like freaking Deathly Hollows. <laughs> yeah, that is some bullshit. Yeah, because the guy's a good actor. He needs did to get it, more work. This, he proved he's an incredible actor. Like, yeah. Like, like I say that like it, he didn't, he hasn't already proven that. Like, true. It's just ever. I think everyone's just like, "Oh, we see nothing but Ron Weasley." And no, dude. Like, if freaking, uh, <laughs> if freaking uh Daniel Radcliffe can play a villain opposite freaking uh Sandra Bullock, Rupert Grant could get more work. <laughs> yeah, true that. So yeah, he he's a, one of those honorable mentions on my list. <laughs> All right, but uh, who's your number one? Uh, number one, by far, definitely Dave Bautista as Leonard. Yeah, absolutely loved him in this movie. Uh, 
the fact that Dave Bautista can do comedy just as well as dramatic is freaking amazing. I love it so much. And just, yeah, this, this movie just proved to me how good of an actor he is. Um, so yeah, he is number one. Dude, same for me. He is my, my number one. And like I was going to say earlier, but held off what you brought up him being one of the best wrestler to actors. Um, he has proven that in spades with this performance. Um, from like just some of like the the other well like the only other actors to like wrestler to actors that I know are John Cena and The Rock, and The Rock, I had to say is probably the worst actor. I can I can definitely agree with that, and that's because like every character he plays is the same. Like, very seldom, like, the only other time that he's played someone different that's not The Rock is in frickin' Jumanji. Yeah. But even that has some, like, major Rock vibes. True that. And, but, like, funny enough, it's when he's not acting like The Rock that I, like, actually enjoy his performance. Um, John Cena is is a real close number two. Um, to Dave Batista, I actually really enjoy John Cena's performances. Um, he kind of like it's the same situation, but he's able to mix it up just enough. Like, if d- did you watch his uh, the Peacemaker show at all? Uh, I I think I only got like four episodes into it. I never finished it, unfortunately. I I think it's worth giving a, a second look at. Okay. Um. Once you kind of get past the like the douchebag of Peacemaker and get kind of get into like the heart and soul of the character, it gets a lot better. And he's able to kind of pull off that dramatic a little bit better, but obviously it's mostly comedy. So, I mean, take that with what you will. It's with John Cena, you're mostly getting comedy. But he has the ability to enter that dramatic space and kind of do p- pretty well with it. it. At least if he if he's given the right material. Because I've seen movies where John Cena, like, freaking is not good. <laughs> and it's like over-the-top, like, 80s-feeling action movie where it's just, like, super ch- like stupid one-liners or, or some bullshit like that. Those he can't pull off for for shit, <laughs> but and I do know some actors that can, but he's just not one of them. But give him some re- some decent material and good direction, he can outperform the best of them. But Dave Batista is a compl- is a different animal completely. He is able to enter these different spaces. Like really well, Unf- and it it kind of sucks in a way. And I, I damn, like this is this is kind of hard because his physique, I feel, intimidates 
people. And when I say like intimidates people, it's more um people like willing to hire him. True. Because it's just he's a big guy. So it's like how how much can you uh get him to do? But I think in this movie he's proven his range. Yes, absolutely. Like with all of the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, like playing Drax, like you know he can do comedic and he ha- like with some emotional roles. You know like you know damn well that he can play action hero cuz duh. <laughs> like if you don't know that from every freaking like WWE performance that he's ever had. Um Again, like going into like a Stuber, <laughs> like he can play comedic really well, but I think he's finally like getting some recognition as like the amazing actor that he can be in this and being given dialogue, like really good dialogue and having to give a performance unlike anything we've ever seen from him up to this point. Like it's really good. Making him a fr- like a, a second grade teacher was inspired. Cuz you're just like, yeah, of course this dude freaking <laughs> like the way like he's so good with when and just so like uh, it's hard to explain, but I fr- I love Dave Batista is what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my number two, I, th- I think I'm going to give to Ben Aldridge. Um, all the reasons you said he's an incredible performer. Um, and my number three, I think my number three, I'm going to give to Nikki Amuka Bird, who played Sabrina. She, you could, you could like see the hesitation in her performance so well. And I I don't know about you, but she came off like she came off smart, right? Yeah. Like she kinda knew what she was doing. And I was thinking for the longest time after I watched this, like what the hell was up with her death? Where she just comes running in the back room screaming, right? I think that was her way of basically committing suicide. <laughs> Oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, cause I mean, she could have snuck up on him, but she was just she was already like so on the fence, and so when she ch- straight up charged him when he had the gun, like he didn't have to do a lot of work. He had the gun pointed. He just turned it towards her and fired. True. So I, I think that like those little subtleties that you kind of make you sit and think about like why a character did what they did i that's why she's stuck out in my brain so much but i mean definite honorable mention to jonathan groff rupert grant and abby quinn like all three of those did fantastic um so yeah that's my top three nice uh where are you sitting with your uh acting score Oh no! I think I'm gonna match my story. I am actually a little higher. Yeah. I may have cracked the 90s. 
Nice. Okay. Like barely, but I, I, I'm, I'm gonna give it a ninety. But it's like it's 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 like barely there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got character development, which I think you kind of have to do this off of Andrew and Eric. Yes. And if we're doing it off those two, um, I feel that development is honestly very very good um i will <clears throat> excuse me i will completely admit that you know like i thought that um at one point that the sacrifice was going to be andrew like i thought that they were going to decide you know because you know i i don't believe that any of this is real um eric them talking to eric like i thought that you know person that should you know attend to this um this so-called um future that they say um, is the only, wow, it's the only future, the only ones there, when we'll actually have, you know, with the rest of humanity. So for a good amount of time, I thought it was going to be, but the way that it is explained, um, as to why it needs to be Eric was so well done that he saw the vision of Andrew and when, uh, in the future, spending time together, um, how their lives turned out was just so, so sweet. Um, and, you know, that that is the thing that he remembers as Andrew is shooting him. And so, you know, him saying, you know, the reason why we were chosen, chosen is because of our pure love. It's nothing more than that. It's just we have pure and that is why that we have been chosen to make the sacrifice for humanity. Um, and just watching their um progression into that final realization throughout the movie i feel is really really good and especially the way that um both of them come to the terms of reality in different ways i feel is uh told very very well um so yeah i when it comes to character development i th i think both have great great character development you can understand why um, each of them feels the way that they do and when it comes to the ending and why Eric has to be the one to sacrifice himself and not Andrew makes complete sense. And yeah. Damn, you like hit that right on the head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I don't know if I have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> like every single point that I would have brought up, you freaking covered like that. That was okay. awesome. Hell yeah, thank you. But yeah, I couldn't agree more, dude. I could not agree more. It was such a well-told um, arc, and so heartbreaking, too. Like, especially, like, I think the time crunch added a lot to the emotionality of that, that scene. So, oh, god damn. Dude, like, I don't know about you, but I, I freaking caught myself getting, like, teared up when... Uh, when asked if uh, Daddy Eric saved everyone, I was just like, "Yes, he did." Yep. Oh, same here. <laughs> same here, man. Like he absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, so what are you sitting at with the uh, character development then? Yeah, dude, I'm pretty high. I'm at like a 92. Oh, I didn't. I didn't quite crack the 90s for this one. But I am still fairly high. Um, I think I'm sitting at like an 87. Fair enough, man. All right, next up we got effects. 
I will say this movie uh, suffered a little bit in this. That's that's fair. I mean, um, I feel this freaking tsunami scared the shit out of me. Or that I mean, I felt that looked really good because yeah, that looked freaking terrifying. Yeah, that was uh, like when it came rough. to the to the disasters shown on news on the news. I felt for the most part that they looked really good. I think maybe like the one that maybe just like caught me off guard because of like how much they, how fast they just dropped. It might have been like the planes. Just like the planes dro- looked odd. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not the only one here. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll I'll say like the planes looked odd. I think that them saying like, "Oh, we found this footage," and it's like looks professionally shot. Like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Like that—that's straight up bullshit. And you're not showing footage on the news of people drowning, but that—that's a completely separate issue. But <laughs> it's, it's just—I I feel that throughout our, you know, our history, we've seen many unfortunate, you know, plane accidents, um, and so we know what happens how a plane goes down if there's no one at the controls. Um, I'm not thinking about no. what you're thinking about. No, it's just like, yeah, we know what that's supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's so not, that's horrible to say. <laughs> the, I so the way that they're dropping in this movie, I'm like, eh, no, that that's not that's not right. Nice I've, try. I've seen, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've unfortunately seen way too many plane crashes, not only in movies but also in real life. To know that when there's no one at the controls, or you know, like an engine fails, shit like that, um, a plane's not going to go down like that. No, not at all. I mean, some planes definitely do. Yeah, it's mostly like but... fighter jets, but a lot of those yes. big commercial planes, like they'll yeah, not a commercial glide. airliner. No. Yeah, like a commercial airliner. It like I don't know what has to happen to it, but. Like, straight up, the wings would have to, like, snap off. Yes. But if it still has its wings intact, they are designed to glide. Yeah. Like, is the is the crash landing going to be, like, nice and soft? Absolutely the hell not. But it's going to glide. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, so, I, I was watching the, while I was watching the uh, the tsunami scene... I, I had, like, the dumbass thought <laughs> oh, of being like, you know what? Like, wh- I feel like what really screws people is them running away from the tsunami. And because, like, the tsunami's just going to come crashing down and then it's going to, like, launch you, like, somewhere and then you're going to die. I'm like, I feel like I'd be the idiot that charges towards the tsunami. <laughs> like, at least, like, what I would try to do is get behind the big-ass rock. I'm like, at least that's, like, breaking the the wave a little bit. You know what? Good point. Or, like, running towards, like, the wave and, like, just taking a big, deep breath and diving into the into the wave and just praying that it doesn't fling me across this freaking country. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, I, I feel like there's a... There's flaws to my logic there. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
but that that's just the thought I had because like it was just the way that they showed it. I was just like, there's a lot of people that are like really up close. Like I would just haul ass towards the wave and hope for the best. Yeah, you know, fair enough. It's like the, the like almost that thought. Like if I'm like the sooner I'm in the water, <laughs> like the better. But I yeah. I I know that's probably not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell. Um. Yeah, the the tsunami looked okay. It was scary. Um, the planes looked. No, I mean, they weren't like amazing or anything. Like this is probably the weakest category so I can far. Agree. Um, like honestly, to the point where I'm, I'm. I'll I'll give you some. I'll I'll give some points for the practical stuff that they did. Um. With the like the killings, but I kind of got a dog for some other shit like the fires, the the lightning yeah. strikes, all that looked real fake. So I'm I'm probably in the seventies with this one. Same like, here. I'm at like a seventy five. Yeah, I was I was around the same. Like I'm I'm probably like seventy six, but yeah. All right. yeah. Fair enough. All right. Next up, we got music. Like this, this had like one good song. Yeah, I mean the but it score was, was intense, but it wasn't like groundbreaking or anything. Not like previous true. M Night movies. Yeah, that is very true. Like, I'd say like scores alone, typical M Night movies are some sitting somewhere around like a seven or an eight. Um, this I would probably give a six. But because of that, like the 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 song that they they were playing, what was the name of that that song? Uh, Boogie Shoes. Yeah, because of Boogie Shoes and just how like catchy that was, I I could be I'm at a seven, but I could be talked up. I don't think I can talk you up. I'm at a seven. F- fair. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I will absolutely give you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got uh, costumes. I mean, it was nothing special. Like you know, they're just wearing like classic everyday clothes. Um, but I mean, I feel it worked. Yeah, this is probably like I'm probably sitting at like a six with this one. Yeah, um, it was. It wasn't anything that. too spectacular. It was just average everyday clothes. So. Not too much to write home about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of like a single outfit off the top of my head. Like even looking either. at at like this the silhouettes of all of these these characters, the only thing that stands out in their silhouette is the like their weapons. Yeah. But that's like a prop item, so that I, I don't consider that part of their costume. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I'd say the one that maybe has the most like costume-ish looking thing was probably Dave Batista. He kind of had like that that button-up shirt deal going on, but other than that, like yeah. it was just average. Yeah, agreed. Like even like even though his was the the standout in in my opinion, like it's not anything special. Yeah, 
So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, sitting at a six here. All right, last up, we got our own personal scores. you want to take this one? I would love to. Um, so, overall, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I think that this has become my new favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, really good acting. Um, really good tension. Uh, they're really, like Kayla pointed out, there's really no, like, surprise, um, like, ending. No, cl- um, no, like, oh, uh, I didn't see that coming. The way that they take the direction of this movie, you can definitely see it coming. But I feel it works. Um, and it, it really just ends up being a really, um, a really fun thriller that honestly kept me on, kept, not only kept my, my attention, but kept me on the edge of my seat, uh, while watching it. So, uh, yeah, I had a really good time with this. Um, so, you know, I think I'm going to be at an 85. I feel like this movie, along with most M. Night Shyamalan projects, has gotten a lot of hate that is very undeserved. This is a really well-done story. It's not groundbreaking in any way. It doesn't blow your mind like any like crazy M. Night um twists and turn or it's nothing like that it's kind of it's kind of a simple story but it work that works in the movie's favor it's interesting the cast is fantastic they are the the shining um peak of of this film like if you're going to watch this movie for anything watch it for the cast like they're incredible um it's intense, it's brutal, it's kind of everything you want a thriller like this to be. And overall, I think it was extremely well done. So I will be giving this a... I'll probably giving this like an 81. Alright, so with that, that concludes this week's breakdown. So going through the uh, the scores real quick. Starting off with story, we are sitting at a very sturdy 85. Moving on over to writing, writing came down just a hair, uh, sitting at an 82.5. Acting had a real big bump, sitting at an 87.5. Character development had another little bump, sitting at an 89.5. The effects were were what they were. They were average as average can get, sitting at a 75.5. The music, again, nothing too special, but it did have one really good, catchy song. Uh, so we ended up giving that a 7. Costumes were nothing too crazy. It's just kind of everyday wear. Uh, so we ended up giving that a 6. And then our personal score averaged out to an 83. Uh, so with that, the final All Bros letter grade for Knock at the Cabin has come out to a... B minus. Hell yeah. Yeah, it is sitting at an 82.25%. Alright, I like that a lot. Yeah, that that's that's pretty good. It's one of the sturdier ones. So our like the cutoff for B is eighty-three. So it's only point it's only three quarter of, of a point away from reaching a B. Damn. That's awesome. 
Yeah, and I think that's a really well-deserved score. Agreed. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. Uh, with... So with that, so like I said, sitting at a B minus. So comparing this to other B minus movies, uh, with the percentage. So it's like I said, sitting at an eighty-two point two five percent. That puts it below Ron's Gone Wrong, which is at an eighty-two point three one. It's below Smile, which is at an eighty-two point three seven. Uh, it's below Let's Be Cops which is at an 82.37. It's below Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which is at an 82.43. Yeah, right? (laughs) And then finally, it is below The Hunt, which is at an 82.47. Yeah, so... I mean, the the difference between Knock at the Cabin and our top B-minus movie isn't even a full percentage. Damn. Like it's barely point point uh, seven. Hmm. Like the the margins there are, are ridiculously close. Our B minus movies are usually like really freaking close to each. Um, but going the opposite direction, um, Knock at the Cabin ended up above the Magnificent Seven, which is at an eighty two point one two. It is above Thor, Love and Thunder, which is at an 82.08. I am totally okay. I am too. (laughs) (laughs) It is above Over the Top, which is at an 82.06. It's also above It Chapter 2, which is at an 81.95. Yeah, and then it is above Rogue One, which is at an 81.95. Yeah, and just for like comparison's sake, you have to go fourteen movies before you're a full percentage away. Damn. Actually, it's fifteen, and the so if we're like another B minus movie, a full percentage away is Peter Pan and Wendy. Holy shit! Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I I think. It has a decent home. It, no, absolutely. Yeah, so definitely uh, hard to argue this one. All right, well, unless you got anything else. Uh, that I do not. Well, I would say that this concludes this episode of the All Bros Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are damn near everywhere. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, li- like I said, literally everywhere. Um, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube as well, if that's your preferred listening platform. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, where you can DM us with any episode ideas that you have, you can respond to our questions of the week, a movie that you want us to uh, break down in our uh, mini breakdowns that we do. Um, so we're on Facebook, Facebook facebook.com forward slash the Albros, and we are also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Albros. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so, uh, the Albros channel at gmail.com. If you want to check out our website, you can at tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros, or you can also check out our merch store, tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Albros channel. Uh, next week on the podcast, um, we have, uh, 
we are actually expecting to have a guest, um, and we'll be uh, breaking down the movie Holes. Uh, so it's going to be a fun time. Absolutely. So, yeah. And we have a backup just in case, because <laughs> we don't want to yes. break down Holes uh, by ourselves. So Yeah. Yes. We have a backup in place. So as, as long as uh, as he doesn't end up bailing out, like we'll, we'll, we'll be doing Holes. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, but until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we will catch you guys next week. So long. Deuces.